Hey guys, Joe Biscalia here uh, before the episode. Just wanted to let you know that this episode was recorded quite literally minutes before the Josh Gordon news came out that he would be stepping down. There's not a lot in there about Josh Gordon, but just wanted to say this before you got to the the actual part in the episode where we mentioned him. So we're not stupid. We saw the news. It just happened after we recorded. All right, guys, to the podcast we go. Welcome to a midweek edition of the Bills Beat Podcast here, however you are listening to us. My name is Joe Biscali. With me, as always, Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic. And the Bills getting that victory on Sunday over the Detroit Lions. Josh Allen has looked fairly good over the last four weeks. But this week is a different one. And we know full well that good Bills teams of Ghost Pass, or what we perceive to be good Bills teams of ghost past, ghost past, I should say, they all have, in a matter of speaking, come to die against the New England Patriots, specifically on the road. Because there was that one year where the Bills and Ryan Fitzpatrick, they got the late touchdown and Fred Jackson was stopped at the two-yard line and they ended up beating the Patriots early in the season and really gave them a lot of life at, at the beginning stages and then fell off a cliff for the rest of the year. But on the road, it's been a different story with this Bills team. And this is Josh Allen's first chance to take on Tom Brady, the Patriots, Bill Belichick, all of that. He talked quite a bit this week about how he views Tom Brady and how he looks up to Tom Brady. And now it's at a point where the Bills have looked pretty good the last four weeks. But they're going up in an entirely different type of team. Even though the Patriots are just coming off a loss, they're going up against a completely different type of team in the New England Patriots. Yeah, it's a different test for them, but it's an interesting one. It's more, I think at least, a more interesting game than most of us would have expected at the beginning of the season or even a couple of months ago because... You know, obviously the first matchup had the Monday night football uh, aspect that that made it somewhat interesting, but Derek Anderson was the quarterback. Now we have Josh Allen's first matchup against Tom Brady, his first matchup, probably more importantly, against Bill Belichick, who has, in the past, dominated rookie quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. And pretty much always, I don't know that he's ever lost to a rookie quarterback at home. So that makes this an interesting test for for Josh Allen and the Bills who are riding a bit of a bit of a wave right now. I know they're only 2 and 2 um in in the last 4 games and they they've had their ups and downs, but I do think they're playing better football. They're still very much playing inspired football and I would expect them to treat this like kind of the biggest game on their schedule. You know, I I think this will be the closest thing these guys get to playoffs because the Patriots need this game. They've lost two in a row and they're probably going to come out with, you know, their best effort at home. They play much better at home than they do on the road. So this is in essence uh, the closest simulation to playoff football 
that this Bills team will get. And mm-hmm. that's what struck me about them the last few weeks is they're playing as if these games mean more than they do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's even surprised Sean McDermott to an extent. Eric Wood wrote about that this week, saying that he's heard that they're, you know, Sean McDermott said they're practicing just as hard as, as they were at the beginning of the season, as, as they were this time last year, which has surprised him in a way. So that's where this game becomes interesting because it is a test of, you know, will the moment be too big? I mean, they had, what, 12 rookies on the field mm-hmm. last week. So that's a lot of young players against a very experienced team, a very experienced coach, and arguably the best quarterback of all time. So if they even keep this game close, I think that's a, a victory in certain ways, you know, for these young guys that are trying to to learn how to play December football. And to your point with Bill Belichick against rookie quarterbacks, at home, he has never lost to a rookie quarterback since he's been the head coach of the New England Patriots. His victims, his list of victims isn't a super impressive one. But, yes, he has dominated rookie quarterbacks. He beat Deshaun Watson last year, which was probably his best win. That was, I believe, was that on the road or at home? I can't what, remember. What, the one against Watson? Yeah. That was a home game. and they, That's how they extended Watson, the streak. And Watson played well. Uh, but... They held him off at the end. So th- when you go back and look at the list, there's, you know, Geno Smith, Mark Sanchez, Trent Edwards, EJ Manuel, <laughs> uh, Joey Harrington is on that list. Oh, yeah. Uh, Chris Winkie is on that list. There's a, a long list of not so great quarterbacks, but Big Ben, I believe, is also on that list. So it's not like uh, all of these guys have stunk, but he plays in a division where teams have been swinging and missing at quarterback for a long time. So I think that inflates it a little bit. But point being, this guy has been one of the better defensive coaches in football for a long time. But this defense is not what it has always been. Right. And I think that's what's interesting here for Josh Allen and these guys is, you know, they've struggled against running quarterbacks and they don't have a ton of team speed on defense. So I'm curious to see how they'll defend Robert Foster, a guy who will likely be the fastest player on the field every time he steps on the field. I have a hunch what they'll do with Foster, and I think I mentioned to to you the other day. I think they might stick Stephon Gilmore on Foster and just say, follow him, because Zay Jones hasn't done enough to warrant any consideration from the Patriots' defensive schemes. Um, And Foster has been killing it for almost five weeks now. I mean, he had the one game where I think he had just a little over 20 yards, but, I mean, four games of almost 100 yards, I mean, that that is going to get Bill Belichick's attention. If Even if he's a kind of a flash in the pan or not, they're going to stick their big payday cornerback on him every single snap, I think. He's one of two pro bowlers that they have, right? him and Tom Brady. He's playing really well this year, and, you know, it's... It's interesting because I think Zay Jones has been, obviously the production has not been there over the last few weeks, uh, ever since the Dolphins game, really. Mm-hmm. And I think when you look at the way teams are defending him, he really is getting that number one receiver treatment since Kelvin Benjamin left. And what we might be learning about him is not so much that he's a bust or that he's you know, not a good receiver and Robert Foster is better. What I think we, we might be learning is just that he's not a number one. Yeah. And I think we already knew that, yeah, you know, if Darius too. Slay 
was basically on him the entire game last week, and the Lions don't really have a second cornerback. So, it, you know, Robert Foster is going to get behind that guy a few times a game. And Brian Dable talked on Monday about the importance of big plays and how one or two on a drive usually leads to points. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where, you know, some people will say we're making excuses for Josh Allen or being Josh Allen apologists, but that's where the 50% completions or whatever, it's not it, it's not that important. It's not telling the whole story if he's hitting on these big plays like yep. he did to Robert Foster on the touchdown, Robert Foster at least on two other 20-plus yard catches, and on the pass interference. Those are all plays that should at least flip the field for you. And on two of those, it resulted in points, uh, touchdowns. So I think that's where Bill Belichick will be smart. He'll he'll say, all right, enough is enough with this Foster guy. Mm -hmm. I don't know that he'll stick Gilmore on him the entire game, but I think Foster will see some of Gilmore, and that will be the test for Zay Jones to say, and Josh Allen to be like, okay, they're taking away Foster. How do I adjust on the road? You know, I know he's not going up against Tom Brady, but Tom Brady is on the other sideline. There is a, a certain uh, aura that, that comes along with that, you know, an intimidation factor. You probably start pressing, feeling like you have to keep up with that guy. That'll be a challenge for, for Josh Allen to stay within himself and just play his game. And if they do take away the guy, that's been making most of the big plays, he's going to have to find Zay Jones or Isaiah McKenzie. Again, it goes back to what we talk about all the time, not exactly the the best secondary and, and third options you know, to have. They need to put better talent around him, but that's what he has to work with, and he's going to have to figure out a way to incorporate more than just Robert Foster because you can bet that the Patriots will do what they can to take, take him away. Well, I think... The way that Belichick is going to defend Allen is going to be the biggest story of this because if there's anyone in the league that can do this sort of thing, it's Belichick and scheming out a a blueprint for how to defend a rookie quarterback and for something that that rookie quarterback is going to have to overcome. Now, the one thing that the Lions did not do They chose to go about it this way. They chose to rush three, specifically in the second half. They chose to rush three, drop seven in coverage, and have a safety as a quarterback spy on on Josh Allen the entire time. Well, not the entire time, but most of the time. They pretty much always had a spy, and oftentimes it was a safety. Right. So the one thing that they did not do is they did not blitz him. And we really haven't seen a team blitz him. The Jets did a little bit, but I think back the Texans did it, the Chargers did it, but on this four-game run, the Jags didn't do it, the Dolphins really didn't do it all that much, the Jets did it more than any of the other four, and the Lions really barely did it at all. So I wonder if the Patriots are going to try and confuse Josh Allen as much as possible, because he has shown a baseline of being able to... A, scan the field pre-snap. I mean, I, I know you watched the film, back. Did you see the couple of times where he was standing back there from the goal line angle? He was standing back there before the play, and he was just kind of, you know how in like slow-pitch softball, you're you're looking in the outfield, seeing where seeing where the outfielders are, seeing where the, the point of weakness is based on what the, what the players did before <laughs> in, in their previous at-bat and whether or not they're actually good. 
I think that, to a certain degree, was what Josh Allen was doing, surveying the field to see what type of defense, where there might be a weakness. And then when they go into motion, they can obviously find out if it's man or zone on the one side of the field. But he's done a really good job of even going through his progressions to the point where it pulls defenders off his original read, and then he goes back to it. So he's done a really good job with it, but the only way he is able to do that stuff is if he has time in the backfield. So I think I think it would be pretty uh, smart of Belichick to send the house at him a little bit. But I think the other part of this game is inter- that's interesting is that Sean McDermott, sneakily, in three performances, has done a really good job against Tom Brady and the Bel- Bill Belichick offense. So even when Rob Gronkowski's on the field. So I think if they are able to limit the Patriots at least a little bit, and I know the Patriots are probably going to take advantage of uh, a lack of Matt Milano on the field. That's going to be something. And maybe go after Levi Wallace some too to make him prove it. But when you have a defense that plays as well as the Bills do, especially against the uh, a Tom Brady team, Josh Allen, if if the defense does their job, Josh Allen's not going to have to do too much to help them stay in the game. So I, I think this is a, an excellent, excellent lit, litmus test to see where they are right now, where they're going into the offseason, and what they need to improve upon. Because if they ultimately are going where they need to go, they have to either A, wait until Brady retires, or B, unseat the Patriots. Yeah, I have... You know, there's. it's interesting because last week they played against Matt Patricia, who comes from, you know, the Belichick school. And you brought up the Texans, who have Romeo Cornell as their defensive coordinator. Those two guys took two completely different approaches to defending Josh Allen. The Houston Texans' approach worked Mm -hmm. big time. But it was also a different version of Josh Allen than the one we've seen later in the season. So we'll see how the, the Patriots decide to defend him but you're right I mean he's been going through multiple progressions I think the the probably narrative that is out there is that he has one read and then he runs which is because you look at his running numbers that's not really the case at all and at times there he is holding defenders with his eyes which is something we were told he could not do he is reading defenses understanding the offense pointing things out pre-snap He's starting to adjust the pre- you know, the protection before the snap based on where he thinks the pressure is coming from. He's not always right. He's mm-hmm. still making mistakes, and there are times where he still looks confused, but not nearly as often as he did early in the season, and definitely not you know, as often as he did you know, when he played against the Texans. So mm-hmm. that's where Bill Belichick's going to have to figure out how he wants to defend this guy. He'll think he has... Uh, you know, the answer to keep him in the pocket. But then, you know, I think the reason teams aren't blitzing him is because he is willing to push the ball down the field. It's an interesting combination of being willing to let it rip 50 yards and also being willing to run the ball. Mm -hmm. If he escapes when you blitz him, that's a big play. And he has escaped. He's made guys miss. He's broken tackles. So I don't know that it's as simple as it was early in the season when you could just play man coverage and blitz him and he was going to be screwed. So now, you know, there's a little bit more that goes into preparing for this guy, which is a welcome 
sight, I think, for a lot of people that watch this team because there hasn't been too many players that defenses have to, you know, be afraid of. I think, you know, it was in the past a, a little bit too easy probably to to defend and scheme for this team. And it still probably isn't as difficult as you would like. I mean, they only scored 14 points against the Lions. So if the defense didn't play the way it did down the stretch, they might lose that football game. But, you know, this is a chance, like you said, they played Tom Brady pretty tough mm-hmm. on defense. So Rob Gronkowski has not quite been himself this season. He won't have Matt Milano covering him, which will be, you know, interesting uh, for the Bills to try to figure out what the answer is there. But this is a Patriots team that's kind of on the ropes a little bit. And that could make them desperate and could make them come out and play their best game. Or right. maybe these last two games are, are a sign that, you know, they're slipping. I don't think they've lost three straight games since 2002. Right. So it's it's been a while. Which means they're due for one of those. I'm freaking angry Tom Brady this week. And yeah, there, there could be. With tr- how Tredavious White played... Uh, against the Lions and and how he got beat late in the game against the Jets. I, I think it has stuck with him at least a little bit. Um, and then you have Levi Wallace on the other side, which, by the way, I was really impressed with Levi Wallace against the Lions. I know he got beat for that touchdown, but the rest of his game, I mean, tackling, being in the right spot, those are that's stuff that Sean McDermott loves. And I, even, I wrote about it after the L22 um, breakdown. I, I think he's putting himself at least in a position to be in a battle for the starting cornerback job next year, as long as he continues to play the same way that he has. I mean, he has come in and been solid, rock steady. And so if he puts on a little bit more strength, there's some potential there. Who knows? Um, but anyway. He does need to, to hit the weight room a little bit. He yeah. got that one ball wrestled away from him, and I right. think that's simply a matter of strength. And that yeah. should come. I mean, but even if it doesn't, you're looking at a guy that is – at the very least, you know, a roster player next yeah. year. And they have so many more of those now than they did a couple of months ago. Yep, totally. Where right. you could say, or I think about last training camp where I just looked around the field and thought, you know, putting together a 53-man roster, it's like, well, I guess these guys mm-hmm. can stay. <laughs> right. But, like, there were so many players that you just thought, man, they probably shouldn't be making a roster, but but they're out here. So now if you've... you've take into account guys like Robert Foster, Levi Wallace. Those are probably the undrafted guys that for sure I think are are somewhat safe mm-hmm. heading into next season. The other guys will be in the mix though. You know, the the Ike Buckers of the world, the uh, Keith Ford, even Mike Love getting on the field. I think Corey Thompson had some moments. So I bet you Corey Thompson sticks as the backup weak side. And, and they've he, got him. He plays well on special teams, which I think is, you know, something that, that they like. But you look at that, I mean, that's a handful of guys that are all of a sudden in the mix. And right. then you're going to have another draft class and more undrafted guys. If they're they're finding these guys, then they could, right. they could all factor into the mix. A few points there. I mean, one, before I forget, I think there is a chance Eddie Yarbrough gets snipped in the offseason or at the very least gets cut before next year because and I think there's a 
a fairly solid chance that he's inactive this coming week. His snaps have gone down the last three weeks. He's played 10 or less each of the last three games. They took away his special team's responsibilities completely this past week. So if he's not getting on the field on defense, and he's not getting on the field on special teams, and Mike Love is doing both of those things, what's the value that you add on game day? So I think I think there's a chance we see Mike Love as the as the fourth defensive end, and Yarborough is one of the inactives. And then to the undrafted point, one of the, the subtly smart things that Brandon Bean does with those guys and how they, they talk about using it as like their farm system and that's how they use it to, to help these guys grow and then bring them up. It's not just like, oh, let's just put 10 guys on the practice squad, see what they're about, that, that sort of thing. They, they use it to actively grow these players. But the sneaky part about it is when they sign these guys off of the practice squad, they have their rights so locked up like they become the exclusive rights free agents after a couple of seasons and so that's a cost controlled thing and then they go to restricted free agency which odds are if they're good enough they're probably not going to be so good that someone's giving them an offer sheet so that's still cost controlled it's so it's such a smart way of doing it with those undrafted young rookie guys late round picks that that you can that you can develop in the background before you actually need them but Back to the the Levi Wallace, Tredavious White thing. I think the Patriots are going to try and attack those guys and see if Tredavious can stand up to Josh Gordon this week. This could be a, a big Josh Gordon week because Tredavious has gotten beat deep each of the last two weeks. It's, he held it's Gordon happened. in check really well in he the Monday did. night matchup. But Gordon also was going through something that week. There was right. rumors that he was going to be benched and then he wasn't which may have just been Bill Belichick sticking uh-huh. it to a certain uh, Ian Rappaport. But, um, <laughs> but so who knows what was up with Josh Gordon that week. But Tredavious White did do a good job against him. But the last two weeks, he's gotten beat deep. It's one of those things where he's going to get beat eventually playing mm-hmm. against the receivers he's playing against. But Josh Gordon is better than Robbie Anderson and Kenny Galladay. Yeah. I, would say. Well, I mean, Kenny Galladay is really, really good. Galladay is good. I man. like Kenny Galladay. Robbie Anderson's good, but he's not Josh Gordon. So right. that'll be one to watch for sure because that's a, a matchup that they need Tredavious White to win to slow down this offense because you can't have, uh, you know, you're already going to have some trouble with Rob Gronkowski up against, you know, whoever they decide to throw on him. You can also have a, a second, you know, advantage to the Patriots there with Josh Gordon. Edelman's always a problem. He had a big game the first time around, so they need him to lock up Gordon and mm-hmm. and play the way he did in that first matchup. Yeah, for sure. So there's going to be a lot of different ways that that the Patriots are going to try to attack them, and maybe even the ground game too, because oh, Lorenzo Alexander showed a pretty good ability in in the uh, ground game last week. He was he was a monster last week, actually. Um, so perhaps, rather than the run, I'm going back on what I initially said because I didn't think it all the way through. Uh, I think Gronkowski here is probably in a spot to potentially make an impact because with Milano off the field, that's one guy that they would have used to try and cover Gronkowski. And, and they're going to use a host of different guys. They're going to use Poyer sometimes. They're going to use Micah Hyde sometimes. I, would, I wouldn't I would be shocked to see Tremaine Edmonds go after him. But if they try to go into a heavy set and they somehow match up Gronkowski with Corey Thompson, that might be the key. And this could be a game where 
the Patriots go really normal with their offense. Two wide receivers, a couple of tight ends, and a running back, and trying to go about their business that way to keep Corey Thompson on the field, to keep the inexperience on the field. And if they, they get in a situation where it's Corey Thompson, uh, Levi Wallace, and Harrison Phillips all on the field at once, maybe even a Mike Love, that's a potential for them to exploit. So I wouldn't be shocked if the game within the game has them going rather heavy this week. Yeah, for sure. It's it's going to be a tough challenge for them. Maybe you, you mix Raphael Bush in there mm-hmm. at times or oh, one of your safeties. I mean, But Raphael Bush is busy playing nickel corner. Exactly. From time so to time. That's, that's kind of the issue with Taron Johnson out. You know, Taron Johnson doesn't get to match up on Julian Edelman. You know, Raphael Bush will probably have to do that. Probably play a lot of zone coverage yeah. to try to, you know, make life a little bit difficult on Tom Brady. And the other thing is, I really think the the pass rush has to step up. There hasn't been much in the way of a pass rush the last few Jerry weeks. has been it. And, you know, Sam Darnold and Stafford both got the ball out pretty quickly the last two weeks, which is part of it. But I also think they were lacking a bit of a a bit of a push up front. And if you don't have that against Tom Brady, then you can yeah. forget it because, yeah, right. you know, we've already talked about some of the, the different matchups that the secondary could have some problems with. So the other, you know, factor here is that the Patriots have been pretty bad in the red zone, mm. but so have the bills. Yeah, right. So, <laughs> you know, something has to give there, uh, you know, offensively, the Patriots have struggled when they get down near the goal line, but, inexplicably that's been a huge problem for the bills almost all season you know for the bills defense yeah with the exception of a a handful of games so that's another thing to to kind of watch here and how they defend the run because that's what bill belichick tends to do just when you think you need to worry about all these weapons he'll run for 200 with three different running backs and you know you wear you out all game so there's a lot of different factors here but I think the the cool part about the game is that the Bills still care mm-hmm. very much mm-hmm. more so than I've seen any team other than the one last year care at this point in the season you know and they really shouldn't because that you know or not that they shouldn't but it would be you know reasonable if a five and nine team didn't have the same edge mm-hmm. but they do and for once, the Patriots are going to have a little bit of that edge in December. They don't have things locked up. They really don't have much of anything locked up at this mm-hmm. point. So 9-5, and five, they need these last two games. They look like layups on paper, but you know, stranger things have happened. Obviously, the Bills haven't won a game that really you know, mattered in Foxborough in a long time You know, against Tom Brady playing four quarters. So... Can you imagine if Josh Allen were the one to pull it off or at least make it interesting? This is a game that people complain about, you know, the national coverage of Josh Allen and and how he's perceived. If you if you, you know, want him to get a little bit, bit of respect, this would be the game. If he mm-hmm. has a big game against Tom Brady and the Patriots, people will be watching, people will pay attention because that's all anybody wants to talk about on Mondays is the Patriots. So this is a, a big stage for Josh Allen and a lot of these younger Bills players to to make a point that they're not going to be the same team that they've been in years past and that maybe there's something to look forward to in 2019. Yeah, for sure, especially if Josh Allen is 
somehow able to go in there and beat a Tom Brady and Bill Belichick team for the first time of a rookie quarterback at Gillette. Yeah, who cares about draft position at that point? Yeah. I mean, this is... <laughs> that's a, that's a know, statement win going can, into 20 You can say 19. that, you know, moral victories and statement wins don't exist or whatever. That would be a massive confidence booster for him and for really the whole organization. Obviously, you've wiped the slate clean in the offseason, and every year is a new year. A win against the Patriots now guarantees you nothing in 2019, but... They're treating this like like it's it. You know, this is the biggest game they're going to play. Mm-hmm. And it's huge, I think, for Josh Allen to, to go in there and at least look like the same quarterback he's looked like over the last four or five weeks and, and show that this progress won't stall here in the final two weeks. And I don't, he doesn't seem like the type of guy that, that's going to let that happen. But obviously, Bill Belichick will have other plans. Yeah. I mean, how about this? The first round crop of quarterbacks this year. I mean, I think they uh, look good. Yeah, not to say that they're all going to go on to be stars or anything like that, but when you have four of the five look like there's something there, and if they continue to develop, they could be something in the second, third season, and then for the remainder of their career. Like Baker Mayfield has looked the part. Josh Allen, the past four weeks, has looked the part, no matter how much some people try to tell you he hasn't. Uh, Sam Darnold has certainly, over the last two weeks since he returned, has looked really good. So they're... And Lamar then, Jackson. Lamar Jackson, too. He's, he's winning games. He's and super he's playing fun. sort of how he played in college. Right. You know, the, and, you know, obviously longevity could be an issue, right? You know, I mm-hmm. think that's probably the number one thing people say about a guy that size running around. But people said, you know, that that style won't translate. But it's translating. And, mm-hmm. and the... He's still showing some signs of being a little bit erratic as a as a passer, but similar to Josh Allen, the big plays are there, mm-hmm. and the Ravens have designed a running scheme that seems like a nightmare for defenses. You mm-hmm. know, with guys coming in coming in motion, and any one of three guys could be taking the ball and tucking it and running, and that's a scary proposition heading into. The, he's probably going to play more meaningful football. Uh, than most of these guys and you mentioned Baker Mayfield looks like a legitimate star uh, and Sam Darnold's had good moments the, right. really the only guy is is Josh Rosen yeah. but you know he's on a, a really yeah, bad he, team that's probably going to get the number one pick four of their five offensive line starters have been injured he does have Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk but when you don't have an offensive line, life is tough. Things are not good in He also Arizona. has David Johnson. He does have David Johnson. He has some pieces around him. It, it, it's like we talked about last week. He gets, you know, the built-in excuses. He should get a mulligan, I believe, is how, you know, most people view him. But, you know, Josh Allen doesn't exactly have a whole lot more right. around him. And Sam Darnold, for that matter, doesn't either. I mean, look at what's in the backfield for Sam Darnold. So, a lot of these guys don't have talent around them, but yeah, the Cardinals are in line for the number one pick for a reason. Yeah. Their coach is probably going to get fired after one year. Not a, you know, not the ideal situation. Is going to go? That's you know, is Kent, that the speculation? Kent Summers said he's as good as gone. Basically, wow. Is that, one you know, year. There's a shot Steve Kime goes as well. Uh, so. Not a good situation for for Josh Rosen to be in, and they've got they've got the Rams and and uh, Seahawks 
So that's a 11 and three team coming off a loss, and the Seahawks, who are also coming off a loss, that they're that's the Week 17 opponent, and there is no chance that even if the Raiders lose the the other two of their games, that they will catch them in opponent strength of schedule. So the Cardinals basically have it locked up. Yeah, they have it, they have Nick Bosa locked up, and they they probably are looking at a situation where you know they're hoping that they can have that Jared Goff type of transformation if they bring in the right coach run the right scheme and put some talent around Josh Rosen but it has not been uh easy going for him out there so but I still think he's shown signs the Mm -hmm. few times I've watched him where of course you know you saw what you saw in college who knows I mean history tells us what three of the five maybe or two of the five will develop into long-term answers could be none of them I mean if that's happened before look at 2014 when it looked like that was supposed to be a superstar class and Blake Bortles, Teddy Bridgewater, Johnny Manziel, Derek mm-hmm. Carr. I mean, it did not go well uh, for basically all of those guys. So, uh, you know, there's obviously a lot to be determined, but I think... Was Tommy Savage that year, too? I think he might have been. I think he was. Yeah. So Tom Savage <laughs> was was there. But you look at all some of these quarterback classes where, you know, there are promising signs early, and then you usually only get one or two you know, maybe three guys in a really, really good year. So I think there's a chance the Bills have one of those guys. Yeah, there is. You know, I I don't... And obviously the hit rate when you take a guy in the first round, it makes, for for quarterbacks, makes it go up quite a bit. I mean, just based based on Far from 100%. Oh, God, no. It's like like 30%. And Bills fans know that well with how many swings they've taken. So, you know, I think it's... It's been fun watching these guys. I'll probably go back and, you know, people ask have asked me the last few weeks, like, how would you rank them? And it's it's hard because we, we haven't seen all of them as closely as we've right. seen Josh Allen. So I may go back in the offseason and, and kind of look at some of those guys and see what they're doing. Obviously, we saw Sam Darnold, but a lot of, uh, you know, impressive play from all five of those guys, which is pretty cool to watch if that could be a class that could be kind of the next wave of, of guys who are, you know, taking over the league a little bit because the mm-hmm. NFL could really use uh, some some promising young quarterbacks because even Jared Goff has started to look, you know, ordinary. Yeah. Carson Wentz struggled this year and keeps getting hurt. I mean, I Patrick mean, they, Mahomes, you know, can't do it all. Somebody yeah. else has to come in here and make, make life a little bit interesting. Goff, Wentz, Mahomes, Watson are yeah, the, next, Watson the next tier another one of young guys because Mariota has kind of... He's leveled off. They're 8-6, and six, but it, he's not doing anything remarkable anymore, which he's is... He's kind of like a modern-day Alex Smith yeah, it's in disappointing. a lot of ways. It's and disappointing to watch. Jameis Winston does not look good at all. Uh, you know, he's been so erratic, which has been, you know, his kind of mo going back to college and yeah there's just i mean you've still got russell wilson who i think is kind of the poised to be that next veteran who's just always going to be one of the better quarterbacks in the league but totally philip rivers ben roethlisberger tom brady all kind of nearing the end here drew Brees. Aaron rogers is 34 aaron rogers 34 and looking like he could be i don't want to say he he doesn't you know, he could be falling off, but each year that passes with him, you know, not putting up the numbers or not winning games, you say, well, you know, he's part of it. You know, he's not playing at that otherworldly level that, that we're used to. So 
maybe a new coach uh, will will bring in uh, a little bit of life to that offense. But there's a lot of you know uncertainty at the quarterback position in the league, and that's where you know if you're a Bills fan or a fan of any of these teams that has a rookie, you have to be excited because there's opportunity mm-hmm. when you know quarterbacks around the league are getting old, and you know there's there's a, a chance to to be that next team that has one and when you have one life is good in the nfl you always have a chance all right let's pick this game shall we uh bills i didn't even look at the line because i figured the patriots would be favored by at least six it was 13 when it opened and (laughs) all right (laughs) i think it's hovering around 12 or 13 depending on where you look wow all right so the patriots quite heavy favorites in this game probably for a good reason um this will not be shocking. I'm going to take the Patriots to win. Uh, you know, for as well as Josh Allen has played each of the last four weeks, and the fact that they actually uh, were able to get the victory last week, they still aren't scoring a ton of points. And I think that might wind up being the thing that kind of holds them back a little bit. I mean, the, the defense will do their thing, but they, they'll they probably be going up against an angry Brady at home. Bill Belichick scheming against a rookie quarterback. I think it's kind of a uh, a recipe for a, a, a solid loss and maybe a, a comeback-to-earth sort of thing for the Bills. However, this is still a barometer game for Josh Allen and company and just how far the Sean McDermott-led Bills have come in 2018, especially with the way things started and especially in the middle of the season when they were without Josh Allen and how it kind of got away from them for obvious reasons. But still, this is a, this is a barometer game and I think if they're able to keep this thing close, that's going to send a statement through the locker room, more importantly, and then with the rest of the NFL saying, watch out for the Bills in 2019 because they have a lot of cap space. They have 10 draft picks, three of which, I mean, they've got three in the first three rounds, but then they've got seven more in the in the final four rounds. They might be someone to, to keep an eye on in, in 2019. Yeah, I think, you know, we've talked about this before, but games like this, you can show to free agents and say, you know, this is why you want to come play with this quarterback. And maybe that's also an understated part of the whole LaShawn McCoy debate and keeping him around. He's always been a little bit of a recruiter. And, you know, he can sell guys on Josh Allen and, and what he brings to the table. So can a game like this, if Josh Allen comes out and plays the way he's played. If he comes out and plays the way he's played the last four or five weeks, I still don't think they win the football game. I think, you know, he need, he would need to find another level mm-hmm. uh, for them to win the football game. They're still not that high-powered offense that's going to put up a ton of points, but they're a few missed opportunities away from being that type of team. So if he somehow, you know, finds it in him to, to make those plays, this could get interesting. But the Patriots are 13-0 and against the spread. Uh, and and eleven and two against the spread in their last thirteen games. Thirteen and zero straight up, and eleven and two against the spread in their last thirteen games at home. So they've been really good at home, and um, they've always been good at home against the Bills. And the Bills are zero and four against the spread 
in their last four games against the Patriots. The number is settling in at 10.5. I don't think the Bills will cover. I think the Patriots mm-hmm. will. What seems to happen in these games is that the Bills hang tight, and then in the fourth quarter, yeah, Brady. the Patriots pull away, and you look up and you're like, oh, wow, they easily covered the spread. Yeah, right. So I think that could happen here. A little bit of a banged-up Bills defense, a super young Bills offense against mm-hmm. an experienced coordinator. I think they'll keep it interesting for a while, and Josh Allen will have some plays that get people excited. But the Patriots, in December, with a lot on the line, will not be messing around. You said 13-0. What happened to the 14th game? 13-0 straight up in their last 13 games at home. Oh, in their last 13. Okay, yeah. I'm sorry. And I, an 11-2 against the spread. I was botching that in, when I started to read it. But yeah, 13-0 straight up, 11-2 against the spread in their last 13 home games. Wow. So quite good. Wow. Hard so- to beat at Gillette Stadium. As Bill Belichick said this week when asked what you know gives a team an advantage when they're playing at home, he said, I think it's an advantage to play well. So there you have it. Fair. He also this week said Josh Allen has some great weapons at running back, tight end, and wide receiver. Overstated just a bit, I would say. Yeah, a little bit. But- he, he also said, obviously, he has some great weapons. I was like... Care to name them? Maybe one semi-solid yeah. weapon. Name two. Bill. <laughs> name two running backs he has back there. Give me, give me one running back. Really, more than anything. Can you name one of their tight ends? <laughs> oh, Char- you know Charles Clay. Yeah. Um, I one of my favorite things that Belichick has ever done. Uh, I think it was back in 2011, maybe 12, on the conference call starts. Doing what he does. Rattles through the roster because obviously he has the depth chart right in front of him. But this year, he was going off the Bills teams from memory. And at that point, the former Bills receiver, former second-round pick out of LSU, Josh Reed, had already been gone for like two or three years. And he rattled off Josh Reed's name. So we all, we all kind of looked at each other like, did he, did he really just say Josh Reed? But that's, that's what he... I find it interesting that... I've heard that Bill Belichick, you know, obviously he doesn't say a lot, and that's strategic. He he does not want to risk anything he says being used against him. But he also uses, you know, press conferences of other coaches Mm -hmm. to potentially gain an advantage. Mm -hmm. And he wouldn't, you know, name any specific coaches. Uh, But in the the book Ian O'Connor wrote, um, he mentioned that you know somebody had told him that he does that. Belichick didn't cooperate for that book, but which I'm sure shocks a lot of people. But you know there was mention that he uses other press conferences to try to gain a little bit of an advantage. And I don't know what type of advantage you would gain from right. a press conference because there's really not a whole lot said. But you know it's just funny to me that he's out there. You know all you need is one slip up though. That's true. One little piece of information that could be helpful or useful in some ways so you know Belichick is is a definitely a treat and we'll see how this one goes for him but uh, he's certainly he's shaking in his boots I'm not sure how he's going to sleep on Saturday night Mm. thinking about how to defend all these great running backs and tight ends the Bills have Mm -hmm. all right so the Bills are taking on the Patriots on Sunday at Gillette Stadium So that will be where we speak with you next because the Bills will be going through their second-to-last game of the season. It's already here, everyone, the final road game of the year. 
Okay, so for Matthew Fairburn of The Athletic, my name is Joe Piscalia. Thank you all for listening to this edition of The Bills Beat, and we will talk to you on Sunday after the game. Talk to you then. <laughs>